Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about GDPR and vendor risk management, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Elizabeth Fisher. He's the General Counsel with BitSight Technologies. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining me today. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. So as enterprises prepare for the enforcement of the General Data Protection Regulation in 2018, where do you find them most unprepared to conform? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, just to give a little background, the GDPR, you know, the General Data Protection Regulation, you know, is enacted by European regulators back in 2016, but we all have until May 25th, 2018 to get into full compliance. You know, that being said, we have until May, you know, May 2018, but I saw a recent study that suggests 61% of companies haven't even started their GDPR compliance program, which is really consistent with, you know, what I've been seeing in other surveys and what I've been hearing from my colleagues. So I'd say most companies are pretty much totally unprepared. And I think that's because it is such a big project and it can seem, you know, can seem really daunting for organizations. I know some organizations are hiring consultants or increasing staffing levels in their legal compliance and privacy groups to get a program into place in time, but you know, nope, you really can't start too early. You know, there are a lot of different challenges to GDPR compliance, but I think the most onerous are the ones that relate to third-party vendors. You know, the data mapping and privacy impact assessments, also known as the Article 30 requirements, you know, are tons of work, complicated, and will require a lot of heavy lifting. But you know, those are things that are done internally. I think the real challenge is trying to get your third-party vendors in place and get them compliant. Um, you know, as, you, as probably everyone knows, the GDPR says that companies are responsible for their vendors and how their vendors use the data that they've been entrusted with. This means that companies need to work to do an audit on all of their third-party vendors that process personal data, and, and they have to work to get special contracts in place with them to comply with the GDPR requirements. And this is a bigger challenge than it really sounds from the outside because many companies, you know, don't even know the exact number of vendors that access their IT systems, much less what they're doing with it with that data. So it, it really is a huge challenge and it spans across the organization. The legal department alone or the compliance department alone really can't do it. They need really the help of almost the whole organization to understand where the data is being used and what vendors are being engaged. You know, and all are they the most onerous, you know, these third-party risk issues that I think they're the most important, frankly, right? Because as we all move our services to the cloud, you know, our risk for a data breach also moves to the cloud. You don't, you know, just sort of escape it, right? And as I think we all know by now that uh, the target breach in 2013, that began with the stealing of network credentials from a third-party HVAC vendor. So, you know, it, it really is a huge exposure that we all, that all organizations face. That's a great topic, third-party risk. When it comes to that vendor risk management, what do you find is most misunderstood about GDPR? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot, a lot of misconceptions about the GDPR and vendor risk management, particularly in the U.S. because you know we are, it, it is a little bit foreign to those of us who, who practice in the U.S. Um, one of the, I think, the biggest issues or misconceptions I think is that companies think that because they don't have employees in Europe or an office in Europe that they aren't subject to the GDPR. And, and that's just not true, unfortunately. <laughs> the GDPR applies to US-based companies that offer goods or services to individuals in the EU. And that's that's including via website. I think you know most of us have websites now. So again, even a, a US-based company that has no physical presence in the EU, EU just has a website where they sell products or make information available, even if it's free, they are subject to the GDPR. I think a second misunderstanding is really that 
the GDPR imposes a high duty of care upon companies in selecting their vendors. So if you select vendors to, to process personal data for you, you don't get out of it just because you've hired somebody else to do it. Uh, the recitals to the GDPR expressly provide that when you entrust the vendor with personal data, you should only use processors that provide you with sufficient guarantees that they're going to be able to take care of that data the way you, know, the way you need them to to comply with, with laws. And, you know, in addition, Article 32 of the GDPR also requires companies to maintain a process for regularly testing, assessing, and evaluating the effectiveness of those measures. So, you know, I think I, I think people might think that it's just a kind of set it and forget it kind of a thing, but it's really an ongoing obligation. Once you even set up your GDPR compliance program, you have an ongoing obligation to make sure that all those vendors are, are complying with GDPR requirements and that you're looking at them. Elizabeth, it seems clear from reading GDPR that, say, the business associate agreements from healthcare are not going to be enough to satisfy the terms of conformance. What beyond contracts do organizations need to have in place? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I mean, so companies will need to put into place something called a data processing agreement or model clauses agreement with all of their vendors, or at least the functional equivalent for all their vendors that process European personal data. Like to your point, business association agreements, confidentiality agreements, and standard services or license agreements generally don't include the kinds of specific provisions required by the GDPR. And this is just going to be a huge challenge because, again, many companies don't even know which you know which vendors they they have that 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 are accessing their IT their uh, personal data, and then they'll have to get them all to enter into new contracts. So it's going to be a long uphill battle that companies really can't start on too early. You know, it depends on your size, the size of your organization too, right? Some some larger organizations can get the attention of their vendors, but smaller organizations may have a really hard time getting vendors to kind of pay attention to them and, and ask them and enter into new contracts with them. But that's just one piece of compliance. Like I said, per Article 32 of the GDPR, they also need to have in place a process to regularly test, assess, and evaluate the effectiveness of their technical and organizational measures for ensuring the security of the processing done by third parties. So they are going to have to put processes in place that are ongoing. In addition, companies are being encouraged to consider carrying out what's called a data protection impact assessment prior to selecting a vendor or processor. Uh, this is, you know, may or may not be actually, it's not sort of unclear if it's actually required by the, by the statute, but, but it really is best practices when you're engaging a new vendor that's going to be handling sensitive personal data. The company can't ignore signs that you, a particular processor or vendor you know, may not be secure, right? If you if you have a suspicion or you should have a suspicion that that vendor is not going to take care of your customer's data, you, you really shouldn't be sharing that data with that, that third party. Elizabeth, when it comes to compliance, what would you say about the ongoing value of one, vendor cybersecurity ratings, such as those that BitSight conducts, but also continuous monitoring of these same vendors? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's incredibly important for a variety of reasons. It can be really challenging, as I think I've sort of alluded to. It can be really challenging to get a new vendor that will have access to personal data or any new vendor to complete a security questionnaire. It can be a real challenge to get in front of them. Uh, everyone's busy these days. And even if they do complete your questionnaire, there's like a paper questionnaire that people fill out. And, and a lot of larger organizations won't even spend the time on your, your questionnaire. So even if they do fill it out, you have no real way to know that they've disclosed everything accurately to you unless you do some sort of assessment, uh, which you may or may not have the resources to do. 
and even if the information that you collect on a new vendor is accurate on the date that you perform the assessment or collect the questionnaire, you have no way of knowing that things could change, right? So a, an organization could look great in January, and by March, the whole world could have changed. They could have, you know, they could have had a data breach. They could have engaged a new, you know, new IT staff. They could have fired their people. Everything could be different a few months later. So that's why continuous monitoring and outside-in ratings, such as, you know, BitSight, are particularly useful as a backstop to confirm that what they're saying is, if, if you are lucky enough to get an assessment or a questionnaire completed, you can confirm that what they're saying is, is likely true. And you can identify, it also will enable you to identify timings when you should do a new assessment or send out a new questionnaire or follow up because you can see continuously the rating. And so if a rating drops, right, a significant amount, that's a great time to kind of reach out and, and try to find out what happened or maybe send out a new questionnaire. Just to sort of really hit it over the head, Article 32 requires organizations to regularly test, assess, and evaluate. So it's it's really clear in the in the GDPR that it, it can't be a one and done process. It really needs to be an ongoing thing. That you know we're all going to have to continuously monitor our, our vendors. And the beauty of the BitSight service, right, is that you can continuously monitor them, uh, really with the same staffing level that you have, or, or minimal increases in staffing. So. We have enough expenditures, all of us, that <laughs> we don't have to, to increase expenditures there. Let's talk a little bit more about BitSight. How are you helping organizations to prepare for this May 2018 GDPR enforcement date? Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're reaching out to our customers now and encouraging them, you know, to, to, to do assessments, to look at all their vendors, right, and to come up with a list of, of their vendors that, that um, process personal data. And those are the ones that we, we strongly recommend be monitored, right? The ones that are accessing the most sensitive information, maybe your payroll systems or your, your hosting systems, those are the ones that are a really good candidate for continuous monitoring because they probably have the highest risk to your organization. And so we've been, you know, encouraging our, our customers and, and to, to do that. Another kind of neat feature of BitSight is we have something called BitSight Discover, which will you know, potentially give you an idea of the the third parties that are accessing your system. It's it's a really it's a neat product that you know will tell you what who we've observed is accessing your systems, and so it, it can be almost the beginning of your vendor in, inventory to sort of understand maybe where who is accessing some of your data. Because as I think I mentioned earlier, a lot of organizations they don't even know who who is accessing who their third parties are. So. But yeah, so BitSight is we're doing a lot. We're you know, and we're we're doing a lot of knowledge management work as well to help to help our customers and third parties really understand the requirements and how we can help. Very good. Elizabeth, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was great talking today. Thanks. We've been talking about GDPR and vendor risk management. I've been speaking with Elizabeth Fisher. She's general counsel with BitSight Technologies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.